Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We are now in our God is Able Sermon Series. In this life, it is so easy for us to settle for the ordinary. We wake up and typically have the same routine every single day. Yet our God created us to live an extraordinary life. There is no one in the world exactly like you, and God wants you to reach your full potential. This involves us growing deeper and deeper into Christ while following Him every day. His plans for us are immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So let's trust Jesus and live out our extraordinary lives. Let's listen in. Uh, well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome by here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. So glad that we could come and worship our great God together. And I love this time of year, right? You just feel the excitement in the air. The weather's starting to finally cool off, right? And we're feeling like fall. It's football time in Tennessee. Just good things are happening right now, right? And the leaves are changing in a couple of weeks. It's just a wonderful time. But man, God is doing so many great things right here in this church. And just seeing people giving their lives to Christ, people being baptized, the life change that's happening, worship, Community groups, men's groups, women's, it's the time that God is on the move and for us to be able to just dive in deep and for us to grow in our love for him and our love for one another. Man, that God is here in this place. This morning, we come to the conclusion of this really great series called God is Able. And I love this series. I love the feedback because you know what? Our God is able. Right, and whatever you walked in with today, whatever worry, whatever fear, whatever struggle you brought in today, just recognize this, God is able. God is sovereign over it all. And so in this series, we've been unpacking this truth and how does it apply to our lives and how do we live it out every single day? And there's two verses we've been looking at, just two verses in this entire series, but they're the two verses that have held us together as a church for 20 years. And it's from Ephesians chapter three. And I wanna put them back up on the screen because we've been challenging one another to memorize these two verses. And so I wanna read it out loud together. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Man, I hope you'll hold on to that. I hope you'll put that in your mind and your heart. I pray that you will live that out. And we started this series with that, right? Start with God, now to Him. In our lives, that we would start with Him, that God is sovereign. And so whether you're starting this new school year, starting a new ministry year, starting a new chapter in your life, wherever you are, always start with God. He's God and we're not, right? So let's rearrange our lives around His priorities and not ours. Let's start with Him. And then we said, who is able? And so often when we focus on our problems, our problems just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we can't sleep at night. And that's all we think about. And how do we solve them? But when we focus on God, he gets bigger. And all of a sudden, it just changes the impact on our lives, that God is bigger, that I, I can trust in him, that I can bring my problems, my worries to him, because he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, right? He's able, like the plans that we have for our life, God can do immeasurably more. And whatever things that we have in our minds, God can do immeasurably more. He is the God who changes water to wine. And not just a little wine. I mean, 180 gallons of wine. I mean, like he can do immeasurably more, but it's according to his power that is at work within us. It's not our power. That when you accept Christ, God places his Holy Spirit in you. And the same God who was doing miracles back then is the same God today. 
and for us to live according to his power, for his glory, right? And last week, Pastor Jacob did a great job talking about the glory of God and for us to live not for our glory, not so, hey, people look at us and say, hey, what did you do? No, people look at God and say, all glory to him. And God's glory is for our good. And then today we're talking about this last part, this part, glory, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. Throughout all generations. And that's what we see, the power of God. And for you and I, our call to impact the next generation, our call to share the love of Christ with those who will come behind us for us to make a difference for his glory in our day, in our generation. Hey, so if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, right? So go back in the Bible, kind of toward the back of the Bible. You've got 1st, 2 Thessalonians, 1st, 2 Timothy, Titus, that whole area back there. But I want you to go back there. If you need a Bible, we've got some in the back. If you're online, you can go to the Church Center Rolling Hills app and you can find out the scriptures right there. We've been looking in this series. We've kind of done a, a whole holistic look at scripture. We went from the Old Testament to the Gospels to Acts and the early church. And now we're in the Pauline Epistles, this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote here in 2 Timothy. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1, pick up in verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. So we know that the apostle Paul wrote this, and he wrote this as a letter. Now, when he was writing, he was in prison in Rome, okay? This is the last letter that Paul wrote. Paul's in prison in Rome for being a Christ follower, for planting churches, you know, and the Roman government, the Roman empire is trying to squash Christianity back then. Emperor Nero has Paul put into prison, his last imprisonment. And he begins to write this letter and he says to Timothy, my dear son. So at the end of Paul's life, right, he knows that time is coming. He's writing to Timothy. Now, Timothy was not his biological son, okay? Timothy was his spiritual son. Right? He was his, you know, mentee. He was the one that he poured into. Timothy was a young man who accepted Christ when Paul was on a mission trip in Lystra and, and gave his life to Christ. And he says, man, I want to go with you. I, I want to serve with you. And he, he felt this call to ministry, you know, and there's, the call to ministry comes a lot of times. Maybe your students start to ask questions about that or you have young adults or maybe you're wrestling and then your own mind. You know, do I have this call to ministry? Well, Timothy was doing that. So he starts going on mission trips with Paul and Paul had this whole group, right? There was Silas, there was Luke, there was Titus, there was Tychicus, there was Priscilla and Aquila, all these people. So Timothy is going with Paul on mission trips. Then he starts pastoring these different churches after they leave. And so Paul here in prison writes to Timothy and he says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. He's like, I'm in prison, so I don't have a lot else to do right now. I can write letters and I can pray and I'm praying for you, man. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. So Paul knew the family. He knew the family, family of faith, incredible mom and grandma. And, you know, he's like, now it's in you. It's your turn. It's your time. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. He's like, you remember when you accepted Christ, right? 
fan that into flame. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, shy, bashful, no, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. He's like, Timothy, remember this. It wasn't works that saved you. It wasn't that you were so good that you earned your way to heaven into a relationship with God. It was God who drew you to himself. It was God's purpose. God had a calling on your life. Look at this. He saved us that way. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Before the beginning of time, God knew, right, that we would sin, that we'd be apart from him. So God already set into motion a plan to redeem you, Timothy, to redeem the world by sending his son, Jesus, who died on a cross for your sins. Look at this, how powerful, but it is now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He said, Jesus came and he paid your price. He died on the cross for your sins, Timothy, for you, so that you could have eternal life, you could have immortality, that you could have eternity in heaven with God. And of this gospel, gospel literally means good news. So every time you see the word gospel, you just think good news, because that's what it means. We know the bad news, we've sinned. We're messed up, right? We've made some huge mistakes in our lives. You had a holy God, sinful man, but the gospel, the good news. And of this gospel, this good news, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. And that is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet, this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able. See that? He is able. Isn't that amazing? Here's Paul super Christian, right? I mean, this guy has done mission trips all over. He's planted churches all over. He's in prison for his faith. And what does he come back to? I'm convinced he's able. See, as you grow deeper in Christ, as you grow stronger in relationship with the Lord, what you're gonna come back to is God's able. You're gonna hold on to that. And Paul makes this declaration of his faith. I know whom I believed. And I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. My entire life is in his hands. What you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So Paul takes this whole letter and he writes it to Timothy, my dear son of the faith, right? Paul knows, man, I'm in prison. I don't know how much longer I have left. It's like you, if you're a parent, you're writing to your child or to your grandchild or somebody you mentored, somebody you discipled, and you're just saying, let me pass on to the next generation my faith, what I believe, because I know that God is with you and I know he is able. Wow, I love this. Okay, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you have a worship guide with you, if you wanna pull out your phone, you can download the Rolling Hills app there at Church Center. There's a place to take notes on the app as well. So right there. But here's some things I want you to get. Number one is this. Christ Jesus is the same through all generations. (laughs) He's the same through all generations, right? And Paul begins to list those out. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois 
one generation. And in your mother, Eunice, another generation. And I persuaded now also lives in you, the next generation, right? This generational impact. See, in an ever-changing world, the only constant is Jesus. We live in this ever-changing world. I mean, you think about how much change we've seen in our lives. We think about how much change has happened throughout the generations. I mean, back in this day, right, everybody wore robes. I mean, praise God, we don't wear robes today, right? There's some good changes that have happened there, right? You know, but I mean, how weird would that be? You're working out on the treadmill, you're biking up your robe, you know, it's like, you know, we don't do that. And praise God, we don't wear parachute pants like MC Hammer, you know, in the 80s, you know, some things have progressed, but they'll continue to progress. Fashion changes. Who knows what's going to look like in the years to come? Transportation, right? It changes. Back then, they were walking everywhere. They were riding horses. I'm so glad we're not on horse and buggy anymore. I mean, when it rains and they have a hailstorm, you know, we're in these nice, comfortable cars. We've got our windshield wipers. We've got our air conditioning, but it's going to change, right? We're going to have driverless cars soon. We're going to have cars that fly soon, right? You know, all these things kind of keep changing. Technology keeps changing. I mean, back then, they're writing letters. They would have never dreamed, right? You pull out your phone, you just text somebody, and they would have... What? You know, they would have never dreamed. And it just keeps changing, right? I mean, Tuesday, the iPhone 15 is coming out, right? And it's, it just keeps going. It keeps going. I mean, AI, we're going to have robots everywhere pretty soon. You know, it's just like technology just keeps changing. But the only constant is Jesus. Think about that, right? I love in Hebrews, it tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why? Because there is a God-shaped hole in every person. Every single person throughout all of time, creator God created us with this God-shaped hole and our need for God. And we could try to fill it with technology. We could try to fill it with fashion, how we look. We try to fill it with all the externals. But the fact is this, none of that satisfies. None of that. You know, we can have the iPhone 15 and it's not gonna satisfy. Have you thought about this today? Even with all our technological advances, even with all how science has progressed, there is more anxiety, more fear, more worry, more depression, and self-harm today than any other time in history. Why? Because it's all external out there. And we think, oh, the external is going to fix us. And oh, man, when AI comes, oh, everything's going to be fine, right? I don't know. Have you seen Terminator, right? You know, it's like, no, it's not. You know, it's like we just can keep progressing and thinking the external is going to fix it all. And it's not. Why? Because it's internal. It's only Jesus who could change a heart. It's only Jesus who could change a life. Science can't bring love into your heart. And science can't bring forgiveness into our lives. Technology doesn't bring redemption into our relationships. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so the apostle Paul toward the end of his life is like, let me pass on Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. See, look at this. We don't live in fear of the future because we know who holds the future. So we don't have to live in fear going, oh no, what's gonna happen out there? What's gonna happen with this next thing, this next thing? Or hey, that's gonna satisfy, that's gonna meet all my needs. We just go, man, if I can grow deeper in Christ to be stronger in Christ and I can live for Christ, that's what's gonna make the difference in my life. He is the one who I have believed. He is the one I've put my faith in. See, Jesus is forever. All these other things come and go, right? They just come and go, come and go. What's the next trend? What's the next wave? What's the next thing? But man, Jesus, he's forever. 
He is forever. And that's why I love in Ephesians, it ends with this, right? Forever and ever, amen. And amen just means I agree. I agree. Glory, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. So invest your life in what matters. (laughs) Paul got it. He invests his life in what matters. And now he's moving that on to the next generation. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. You know what fan into flame? It means this, to invest and grow what God has started in you. Invest and grow. So he's saying, Timothy, (laughs) invest and grow in that faith. Timothy, you remember when you accepted Christ. I remember growing up, uh, going camping with my dad. We would go camping, go with a bunch of buddies and father sons, and it was fun. And, but I always remember we would collect the kindling, right? And we'd start this fire. We would all be down there, and we're trying to get the fire going. And you, you got the little kindling, and, and then finally the spark would hit, and you would start to see it, start to pass on. And, and, and then it gets to the bigger logs, and we'd be like blowing down there, whoo, whoo, trying to get this thing going, get this thing going. And finally, after a while, man, it would just become this raging fire. And we would get all excited about it. We would cook s'mores over it. We cook our food over it. It was just awesome. But it started off that little small, but it didn't stay there. <laughs> it grew. And what Paul said, Timothy, Timothy, you remember when you accepted Christ and how great that was, but I want you to fan that into flame. Hey, are you more excited today about Jesus than when you first accepted him? Are you more passionate about Christ than than the day that you first gave your life to Christ? We ought to be growing. We ought to be maturing. We ought to be falling more in love with him. And that's what Paul was challenging Timothy. Look, Timothy, come on. Come on, invest in what matters. Don't get caught up in the external. You know, things are gonna change. Trends are gonna come and it's good to be aware of those and it's fine, it's okay. But listen, invest in what's gonna last. See, potential is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift to him, right? Potential is God's gift to us. And God's given us this incredible potential. God's given us this incredible opportunity. God's blessed us to live in the day and the time and the generation in which we live. But what are we gonna do with it? What difference are we gonna make? What impact are we gonna leave? Because the fact is there's only three things that are eternal. And we see this in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Jesus... (laughs) To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, his word and his church. His word, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. You know, this is the best-selling book of all time. It's also the best-selling book every year. Why? Because it's alive, it's active. Every generation comes to it and goes, whoa, that's me. (laughs) That's my heart. That's my struggle. That's my fear. That's my worry. And for all of us that, Are we investing time in the word? But then the church, the church continues generation to generation. The Roman empire tries to stop it, right? Every, you know, communism tries to stop it. No, 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 no. The church continues on. And that fire, that flame keeps growing stronger and stronger and stronger. And so listen, are you investing your life in the things of this world or in the things of God? Are you investing in the things of this world? Are you investing in the things of God? There was a guy who lived in the 1800s. You may have heard of him, Dr. Alfred Nobel. And Dr. Alfred Nobel is best known now for what? The Nobel Peace Prize. That's right. He was a chemist. I don't know if you know this about him, but he was a chemist. He was a scientist living in Sweden, grew up in Sweden all of his life. But Alfred Nobel invented something. It was called dynamite. 
He invented dynamite in his life. And he became really rich. He was very successful, very rich. And about eight years before he died, his brother died. His brother Ludwig died, and a French newspaper thought that Alfred was the one who died, so they printed his obituary. And here's what they wrote about Dr. Alfred Nobel. The French newspaper said this. It said, Dr. Alfred Nobel is the merchant of death, and he is finally dead. He became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever before. Alfred Nobel was devastated when he saw this. He was like, that's my legacy? And all of a sudden, he was convicted in his heart and his life. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make a change. And he did. He started giving money to the church. He was a part of the Lutheran church there. And then he started and established for $250 million, equivalent dollars today, the Nobel Peace Prize, so there would be peace that we continued on. And he wouldn't be remembered for dynamite. And every one of us, when we say, hey, Nobel, what do we remember? Peace Prize. See, you could change that legacy. He began to change even in his life and said, I want to invest in things that matter. I've messed up. But wherever you are in life, whatever, maybe you've had a great life. You've grown up and you've invested in things of God. Or maybe in your life, you look back and you go, man, I've made mistakes. Listen, it's not too late. It's not too late. From this day going forward, from this day going forward, God, I want to invest everything I have for the glory of God. I want to invest in the things that are going to last and things that are going to matter, not the things that are just here today and gone tomorrow. But Father, I want to be investing in you. Okay, look at this. Be confident in your call. Be confident in your call. When you are a Christ follower, be confident in that truth. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. I saw the other day on Instagram, there was a celebrity who posted this. I'm tired of being timid. I'm a follower of Jesus and I want everybody to know. I was like, way to go, man. I'm tired of being timid. And I think, how many Christ followers today were, were timid? And we're like, hold on. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. No, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. Love and self-discipline in our lives and that power for the glory of God. And so Paul's writing, Timothy, don't be timid. Don't be timid about your faith. People need to know that there's a savior. People need hope today more than ever before. Look, Lois and Eunice got it. Way to go, grandma. You know, I'm like, good job, you know? I mean, Lois and mom, Eunice, they get it. They're raising Timothy. Timothy's dad was Greek. He was kind of not even in the picture. You know, he wasn't like discipling his kids. So Lois and Eunice said, hey, we'll take over. We'll disciple our kid. We'll raise him up in the Lord. We'll give him a firm foundation. And we know because God's going to use him in an incredible way. Good job. Good job. But the fact is this, every one of us in this room, we've been called. Be confident of that call. If you're a parent, you're a grandparent, you're an aunt, you're an uncle, but all of us are disciples of Christ. And so think about this. Who is your Timothy? <laughs> Who is your Timothy? If you're a parent, man, it's pretty obvious, right? Your grandparents, pretty obvious. You're an aunt, you're an uncle. But there's also that next generation all around us. You're at school or you're in your workplace and the people you mentor, the people you disciple. I was talking to a guy, he said, man, that was my aunt. My aunt just, she, she loved me. I was her Timothy, you know? And she, she took me, she, even as a young kid, and discipled me. Identify that. Who are the people that God's put in your life? Who is the next generation that God's put in you? Because here's what it says in Proverbs. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with parents 
who have adult children and they come, they go, oh, it's my, my, my child. I just wish they were walking with the Lord. I wish they were involved in church and it's hard. And would you pray with me and pray for me? And I'm like, yes, I'll pray with you. And I always think back to this verse and I'm thinking, well, you know what? The battle is really not now. The battle was back then when they were preschool children and students, right? If they were having a spiritual foundation, they were grounded in the Lord. Listen, here's the promise. They may go a roundabout way, We've all made mistakes in our life and we all kind of made some dumb decisions. But the fact is this, here's the promise. If you train up a child in the faith, when they are old, they won't depart from it. And I've seen God bring so many young adults back to the Lord. I've seen God just go, man, the people coming back going, man, this is, this is what I want to build my life on. And man, I went off a different way, but man, I'm coming back to the Lord. And guys, this is our time. This is why it's so important, right? The Rolling Hills Learning Center and family ministry and the next generation. Why? Because this, discipleship is more caught than taught. And so for every one of us, how are we living it out? What is the next generation seeing? Are they seeing us being bold in our faith? Are they seeing us being passionate about Jesus? Are they hearing us talk about Christ? You know, I grew up playing sports, and my dad and I, we talk a lot about sports all the time. It was our, our big thing. But I also grew up watching my dad read his Bible and be at church and pray for me. And, and I just think about for us, this is our time. I read the other day that the most extreme introvert in our country today will still impact over 10,000 people in their life. Because of the interconnectedness, the internet, because of social media, there's just this connectedness. So you're impacting people all the time. And what are they seeing in us? What are they saying, hey, you value? Paul's like, I want you to see this in me, Jesus. Okay, look at this one. As God's church today, we must invest in the next generation. That's our call, right? As a church. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. I love that as a teacher, right? Even if you're just one step ahead, you can show somebody that step. Even if you're just one step. Look, we are a link in a chain of faith as God's church. I mean, somebody invested in you. There was an aunt. There was a parent. There was a grandparent. There was a pastor. There was a a small group leader that you had. Somebody took notice of you. Maybe it was somebody at work who was a strong believer who just, man, they discipled you there. Maybe it was an older student at school, but somebody invested in you. And we are a link in that chain. We are a link in that chain. And so who are we investing in? Who are we pouring into? Paul invested in Timothy. <laughs> and we must invest in the next generation. Paul could have said, listen, I, I'm super Christian, right? You know, like I've been on mission trips. I've done a lot. I'm gonna spend my time writing. And, I, you know, I'm just gonna stay with adults here. I'm just gonna, it's just me. I, I, I've kind of got my own thing, but he didn't. Even up to like being in prison, even up to knowing he's going to die for the faith, for the gospel, he's passing it on. He's passing it on. He's passing it on. I think you see that too with Jesus, right? Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. One day Jesus is teaching and and the disciples are out there. The little kids are coming to Jesus and the disciples are going, no, no, no. He's way too important. He's a rabbi, rabbi, you know? And Jesus is like, stop, let the little kids come. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Come on, come on, come on. And for us, that's our call. See, as a church, as a church, we invest in the next generation. We started 20 years ago. We just said, hey, this is gonna be important for us. We are gonna invest, right? 
And there are different churches who focus on different things, but we said, man, we're gonna invest in preschool, children, students. We wanna raise up this next generation of Christ. And it's been incredible to see. It's been a priority for us, right? Family ministry and making a difference. And I remember the first baby we had as a church before Lisa and I even had kids. Nathan Thomas was our first baby. We were meeting in an apartment clubhouse and we had our apartment over there where we had kids space. We had one little baby, Nathan, and and we watched this kid grow up. And now here he is 20 years later leading connect camps, going around the country. He's an incredible leader. And you just watch that. Our first student, Jamie, she, she is awesome. And here she is in high school, coming to this small church, this young church, but she's just stayed faithful to the Lord. And here 20 years later, she's got six kids. She's growing our, you know, kids ministry. And, and she's leading out in kids world, you know. And it's just awesome. You just watch that, you know. Our, our first college student is now our worship pastor. I mean, it's just, you just see that as a church because it's not just your kids, it's our kids. It's not just your community, it's our community. It's not just this time, it's the next generation. It's all of us and it takes all of us serving and praying and giving and making a difference. You know, I was so, man, just this morning when watching baptisms, I'm just tearing up because you see Brown being baptized. And I just know his family. They're awesome. They're amazing. And then Eli being baptized. And, and Eli, this kid, he started coming because, you know, his friend invited him, right? Who stayed in there with him in the baptistry. I mean, just how cool is that? And Jehar's inviting him and they play football together at Williamson County School. And in November, he comes to church and he ends up, you know, coming home and saying to his parents, hey, I want a Bible. Here he is, high school kid, getting a Bible, and he starts reading, and he ends up giving his life to Christ, and he starts getting on fire for the Lord. And he gets more involved in church, more involved in church, and then he starts posting on TikTok. TikTok, right? Paul never thought about TikTok back then, you know? <laughs> That's our world today, right? But here's this kid, he posts on TikTok a video. I just want to show you a video that Eli, who was just baptized, posted recently on TikTok. And uh, just, just check this out. So I just showed you guys two videos of people mocking the Lord. So I'm going to say a prayer over our generation along with giving us a Bible verse. So the verse is from Psalms 37 verse 13. But the Lord laughs at the wicked for he knows their day is coming. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you're able to forgive these people who have been corrupted by the devil. I pray that you're able to give them grace and fulfill them with your love. I pray that you're able to help them find faith within you, Lord, and help them fight the battle of the devil within their flesh. Help them find faith within you, Lord, as you save them and you bring them closer to you, Lord. Uh, I pray that they're able to build a bond with you, a relationship with you. I pray that you're able to save them with, within your name. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Awesome. I mean, how amazing is this young, young man in the faith and just saying, I want to pray for our generation. I want to pray for our generation to know. I don't know if you saw kind of on the side there, but he's had over 307,000 likes on that. He's had over 1.8 million views on that. I mean, you talk about just sharing your faith. I love that he has Don't Go Alone, his versus t-shirt on in the video and thinking about men's ministry and the impact there that you have on the next generation. You guys, that's what God's called us to. 
And we can sit there and look and we go, oh, the next generation, man, they're gonna, it's gonna be tough and da, 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 all those things. But we can also look and just go, man, God's raising up leaders. And for us as a church to pour in, to invest. And guys, I wanna just say something right now. I, I, I know we've got kids in the room. If you're elementary, if you're middle school, if you're high school, if you're a college student, listen, we love you. And we are proud of you. And I wanna tell you, you're not just the church of tomorrow, you're the church of today. And God's gonna use you in a mighty way in your schools and your families and in our community and in our country for the glory of God. And you are not alone. There is a God who is with you and there is a church who loves you and you've got a safety net here, guys. We are all with you. We are all for you. And we are proud of you. So stay strong in the faith. Don't be timid. Don't be timid. God is with you and so is your church family right here today. Guys, listen. This takes all of us, man. This takes all of us working together to invest in the next generation. It's not just parents, man. We are love you parents. We're praying for you parents. We're praying for you grandparents. But it's all of us serving as small group leaders, right? Going on mission trips, praying, giving financially, right? Supporting, encouraging. You are making a difference. And this is our time. This is our opportunity. Don't miss it. Here's the question we all have to ask ourselves is this, what legacy are you leaving? What legacy are you leaving? Dr. Alfred Nobel, he had a chance to change that. Eight years to change his legacy. Because he realized, man, I've blown it, I messed up. And maybe for any of us, man, we've all made mistakes in our past. Don't let Satan get a foothold there. You just go saying that's in the past. My God is doing a new work and my God is able. And my God's gonna do something great, I believe in my family. We could change, we could change generations. We could change our family tree. I don't have to pass down anger or abuse or alcoholism. I don't have to do that. I can pass down Jesus and the hope and the peace and the love. God can do a miracle right here in our community. God can do a miracle in our church. God can do a miracle in our world. What legacy are you leaving? Today, would we just be honest with God and go, God, listen, sometimes I drift. <laughs> sometimes I get focused on things in this world. I invest all my time and energy there. But God, today, 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 I want to invest my life for the rest of my life. I want to invest in you and the things that matter and passing on <laughs> power and love and peace and hope for the glory of God. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. But God does. And God is here. He is in this place. And maybe right now today, you just need to turn over whatever fear, whatever worry. Just give it to God. Maybe a day you haven't thought about what legacy I'm leaving. <laughs> but God's saying, start thinking about it. And do something about it. Maybe for today, you want to pray for your family. For your kids or your grandkids. Or your nieces, your nephews. Maybe you want to pray for all the, the kids at this church. <laughs> and God would give them boldness and courage. 
Maybe today is a day where you just say, God, you are able. I don't want to live in fear anymore, God. I don't want to live in fear of the future. I don't want to live in fear of failure. I want to live by faith because I know you are able. And I declare that today in my heart and my life. And I'm going to live it all for your glory. So God, here we are, your disciples. In this day, in this time, oh God, find us faithful. Find us faithful as we live our lives for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we worship right now. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any friends and family in your life who may benefit from it. And make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.